0: Your ideal life is one right turn away, right here and right now with me, Arika Sullivan and New Light Living. See your life in a new light. In this show, I'm bringing real world tools to show you how to ignite the light within you and restore your balance to who you truly are. That busy, exhausted feeling isn't anyone's true purpose. Get back to the heart of your real self Begin to live in your ideal dream day every day. Learn how to stop giving your energy away. Trust your intuition and chill out your ego and learn how to find your calm. The journey begins now. Come and step into the light. New light living with intuitive spiritual life coach, Eureka Sullivan starts right now. welcome i am so excited you're here in this first episode i share my personal turning point how i went from stressed out to fulfilled and happy my guest regina and i are expanding on the topic of happiness and life balance at the end of the episode what will be your turning point Going from stressed out to fulfilled and happy. I'd like to tell my personal story of exactly how I went from my reality of being a stressed out working mom to fulfilled and happy every day. I'm still a working mom with a busy life, but I'm not stressed out anymore. I'd love for you to get to know me a bit more so that you know why and how I got to where I'm at today. You may be in a similar situation now, and this episode is for you to maybe take away some lessons learned from my story so that you can get inspired in your own life as you move forward. I have always been an ambitious person. Growing up in a small town in Sweden, I remember as a young teenager, working hard wasn't anything I shied away from. I started my first job at a grocery store at age 13, and as part of the horseback riding club, I was responsible for writing and distributing a monthly newsletter to about 300 subscribers. In the little town I grew up in, I could bicycle everywhere, so simply I took my bike all around town to distribute the newsletter every month. I loved taking responsibility, and I loved writing the newsletter, printing it, and delivering it. Back then, as a young teenager, I didn't think of how having qualities like being driven and being ambitious could impact me later in life and basically almost burn me out. One thing that I did get introduced to in my teenage years was meditation. Before kids, I had been to some yoga classes, but at that time, I didn't relate to meditation as something that could be a profound tool for long-term well-being. Fast forward into adulthood, landing increasingly demanding jobs in pharmaceutical research and development, enduring more and more business travel, along with starting a family, everything became more and more complex. Between responsibilities for work and family demands, multitasking became an everyday puzzle. With that also came a very scattered mind. Basically, my reality looked like this. I could wake up in the morning at 3.30 a.m. and not be able to go back to sleep because my mind was already glued to the thought of my to-do list for the day and what I had to do to keep it together. I felt like I had mentally done a workday already before I even got out of bed in the morning. Sometimes my night also got interrupted by a child waking up. And usually, sorry husband, it was me getting up and taking care of whatever needed to be taken care of in the middle of the night. If you ask me about how I took care of myself, my own self-care, there was none. Maybe an occasional facial or massage, but I'm sorry to say, that had made the mistake of not prioritizing self-care at all. Mentally, physically, or spiritually, there was no daily routine. Looking back, that was a big mistake. My well-being took a hit because of the constant multitasking and taking no time to recharge my mind, body, and spirit. Simply because of my drive for perfection and my natural dedication to work and family, I put myself last on the to-do list. I did not allow myself to take a break mentally or physically for many years. I was on an endless high-speed train, going only forward with no stops on the way. So after a number of years, at this pace, I came to realize that my emotions were gone. How I felt about life was neutral in most situations. And if you ask me, I was no fun. I did not know what I liked. I didn't have any preferences. I just went through the motions. I had no strong opinions, no future plans. Just what needed to be done that day. No feelings of happiness, just feeling stressed and blah. I just existed. And like on autopilot, I took care of what needed to be taken care of each day. That's when my turning point came to me. We had just moved to a new town, and on a whim, I decided to try a new yoga studio in town that just opened its doors. I started to go to yoga class weekly, and soon I found myself uh, signing up for a yoga teacher training there. I didn't think I was going to end up teaching yoga, but I signed up because I was curious to learn more. And something drew me to sign up for this training. And so I did. Through the yoga teacher's training over the next year, I connected back with me again. Even though I had a busy life, I found myself a growing passion for yoga. Who would have thought I would sit here many years later and tell my story of how yoga made such a difference in my life? Yoga is a wonderful way to connect back with your body, go inside, gain self-awareness, and release energy blocks in your body, both emotionally and physically. Through yoga, I did start to loosen up some emotional energy knots and stress that I had pushed down for so long that had kept me stuck and in the rat race with the blinders on i started to feel passion for self-development spiritual growth and the connection between mind and body and i started to become curious about why i lived my life the way i did i started to feel that i could dream again i started to feel joy Soon, I picked up meditation again, now with a whole new meaning of what meditation can do for one's well-being and self-awareness, thanks to the free 21-day meditations by Deepak and Oprah, and I started to journal daily. My pen just flowed when I was journaling, and I found it very liberating to free write after meditation. My mind could rest on the page. I could dream on the page. I could get emotional on the page. And it all stayed there so that I could revisit it and connect back to it whenever I wanted and expand on it from there. I got in touch with my spiritual side as well through yoga, meditation, and journaling. I started to trust my life more. There is a calmness about trusting your life the feeling of inner calmness and trusting that I was right where I needed to be. I developed a passion for exploring how universal principles can support us in taking the expectations and must-haves off our shoulders so that we can allow ourselves to flow with the present moment and flow with ease throughout our day. In the beginning, I noticed that everything went so much smoother at work. Less pushing for outcomes, more allowing things to happen naturally. I got hooked on setting intention and expanding a vision of what I wanted and dreaming big instead of the usual focus on have-tos and complaints. What a difference. The feeling of being stressed started to change slowly. From the feeling of contraction to feeling of expansion, I started to incorporate visualization in my journaling after meditation to amplify my vision of my ideal dream day. It was very powerful, and I could feel my days were starting to shift. It was like a weight came off. I felt lighter. Even if I had a busy life, the same responsibilities with work and family, I didn't feel as stressed out. What a big difference. The practice of daily meditation and journaling became something that I didn't want to miss in the morning. I started to look forward to my early mornings with my true self and feeling calm, centered, through meditation. My intuition stepped forward for me. And and more as I grew, I trust for myself and my ability to tune into myself, picking up those inner signals. Signs and intuitive hits that occur when you're tuned in and aligned with your true self and guides. It was easy to notice that my days went so much smoother. I even got more productive at work. I got so much more done than ever. And I got more patient with my kids, more present with them and my husband, happier and more playful, creative and spontaneous. So this is my story about how I went from a reality of being stressed out every day to feeling fulfilled and happy. In summary, I cannot emphasize enough how important it is to allow yourself to get curious about why you live your life the way you do. Self-awareness is the platform for change. passionate about helping busy women to find their calm and well-being. I'm especially passionate about helping busy women to find balance between work and self-care. If you're stressed out every day, is that the way you want to live tomorrow? You have a choice, always, and you can choose today. If you don't know where to start, start noticing and writing down your patterns your habits, and look them in the eye. Is your reality now making you a better person, a happier person today? If not, you have the choice to change it now. Your life is now. Maybe you can relate and see your own life in my story in some way. I hope you got a few nuggets from my experience going from stressed out to fulfilled and happy that inspires you to make a choice and get curious. What will be your turning point? Hi, Regina. Welcome. Hi,
1: Ulrika. Thank you.
0: I'm so happy you wanted to be part of this conversation today. My pleasure. So uh, just to start off with, this topic is obviously a very dear topic of mine, and it, it really is uh, a blog post where I um, share my personal story. And mm-hmm. the topic here is, is not really my personal story per se, but really the desire to go from st- uh, being a stressed out mom and woman, to yeah. life where, you, where we can feel fulfilled, happy on a daily basis. So the topic is my personal story of going from stressed out to fulfilled and happy. So Regina, in what way is this topic relevant to today's modern world and how we live our lives today, in your opinion?
1: Well, I think that the one thing that really stuck out to me Um, from your blog, and I'm trying to actually skim it right now, um, but I can just kind of generally remember it was basically, I think you had said, just like trusting the universe. And when you did that, you just kind of like felt all of this peace. Um, And so I think as far as um, where people are, I think the way we live our lives is really just in like default and we're stressed and that's just kind of like we just go on default and we don't really like pause and ask ourselves like how do we want to be feeling um and and just trusting because I think that's what she said in the blog which is like trusting that everything is going to come to us that we need we don't have to be so stressed um so I think that that was like really relevant to how I feel uh particularly about just why people kind of run around so stressed is because we're just all living in default does that make sense Mm
0: -hmm, absolutely yeah (laughs) yeah and yeah i'm glad you brought up the this uh, concept of trust because yeah i think every person that's listening to this um can maybe walk around and ask themselves like what what is it that i need to trust (laughs) yeah that's That's a very valid question, Um, but it it really is. um, Yeah, I want to ask you, like just to expand on this question a little bit, what is, how would you explain that to someone in terms of Mm -hmm. the universe?
1: I think it's believing that um, what is good for us will come to us. Like what the right path is will be shown to us. Um, We will, for example, so I just mentioned to you that I'm thinking about going back to school to become a therapist. And my daughter had asked me to go to a specific library because the book that she wanted was not at our, or our, town library was closed that day. She said, but the next town over library is open. Can we go get this book that I want? So we went to that library and on display is this book that really um, cultivated my interest in becoming a therapist. It was written, it's written by, the book is amazing. It's called, um, maybe you should talk to someone. And it's written by a therapist who had something in her life happen. And then she goes to see a therapist. Um, So it's like a kind of a bio nonfiction book. And I loved it. But I kind of believe that, like, all of those steps that happened, me going into that library, caused me to pick up that book and now make this, like, pivot in my life. So kind of just trusting that the right information is going to come to you, trusting yourself, like, okay, I'm going to find, I'm going to be able to make the decision once that information comes to me, and just trusting that it's all going to work out just the way it's supposed to. And even if something doesn't work out like we think, like we want, there's a lesson in that to be learned. And I still believe like that that we're still on the right path. Like eventually all the things are going to fall into place for us. Um, And so I'm reading your blog right now and there's a quote. It just says, there's a calmness about trusting your life. And it really, it takes all of that. Like I think you said, like all of that off your own shoulders. So you could just be like, okay, I'm just going to go with whatever comes to me and trust that I'm going to know in my gut, the right decisions to make when that happens. And then I don't have to worry so much.
0: Mm, So good, Regina. That was a beautiful example. I love that. Yeah, thanks. It really is um, all of those little signs, right? That we Mm -hmm. choose to pick up or not and notice. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Awesome. So if somebody's listening right now and really feel, stressed and feel that their Mm -hmm. life is just on autopilot or on default as you said Mm -hmm. what would be one of your recommendation to to that person to do
1: um my first recommendation would be to try, try to get quiet in your own head and to really take up meditating i feel like that is the best way to quiet your mind and I know a lot of people resist meditation because there is such a misconception about what meditation is, and I've mentioned it to so many friends, and my the first response I always hear is, "I can't, my mind's too busy." And you know, meditation is about the practice of coming back to the breath. it's the practice of so it's not sitting quietly thinking about nothing. That's just not possible. nobody does that. So I think my recommendation is teaching people to get quiet in their mind through meditation for just moments at a time so they can just practice and hear um, their inner like guide and just stop being so identified with their mind because like that stress is all mind stress like it's all we're just caught up in the mind but if we can just get some quiet in our head for a moment one moment at a time and then you string those all together and then you have several moments at a time but I think that's the only way that you can really start to hear like your own intuition and listen and, and understand what is it that you really want? You know, we, cause I, I do believe as a coach, like we all have the answers inside us and I know we do. We just can't hear them because our minds are so busy and we're so identified with all of that chatter in our heads. Mm,
0: great. Yeah. So if I hear your recommendation clearly and, and hope you're, is listening right now yeah. also hear your recommendation there to to seek out meditation for sure. And as you know, yeah, and
1: there's so many like guided meditations that are really like there's the insight timer, which is what I use. I know there's headspace and even five minutes just to start, you know, it's not 20 minutes sitting in quiet by, your, you know, it's it doesn't have to be that way. So there's just a huge misconception, but really just downloading one of those apps, you're just sitting quiet, turning on your timer on your phone for five minutes, just count your breaths. It's that simple. Just if you have a thought, just keep coming back to your breath. Just as that's, that's simple as that.
0: Yeah, definitely. So uh, anyone who wants to try meditation, who've never meditated mm-hmm. before, um, make a commitment today to seek out uh, any guided meditation that would work for you. Um, great. Thank you. And if we move on in terms of um, what this can provide, meditation can really be providing also an opening to a turning point in your life. Mm-hmm. So the blog post talks about having a turning point in life. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that um, turning points can show up when we, when we don't anticipate it even. So uh, if you, if you wish, give an example from your own life, Regina, that represents Mm -hmm. a turning point for you.
1: Um, I think a huge turning point for me was when I attended a Byron Katie retreat. And so Byron Katie is the amazing author of Loving What Is, and she's very well known in the spiritual community, but she's really fantastic. I mean, she's, truly an enlightened being, and um, I would recommend everybody to listen to her if they can find her or read her book, um, but I went to that retreat, and she really taught me to come to terms with some things that I've been having trouble accepting that had happened in my life, and I think the number one thing, and if anybody's struggling with how to accept something, it's really the best and quickest way I know how to do that is just through empathy. And so kind of switching um, the view of what happened and not looking at it from your lens, but looking at it from the other person's lens and having empathy for whatever that person's going through. And that doesn't mean necessarily forgiveness. If you don't have to forgive anybody, you just have to accept it because that's going to lessen your um, energy, you know, negative energy tied to it. Um, And so I think that, Retreat for me was a huge turning point because through empathy, you can always like let that negativity go and really like deeply accept somebody else as who they are.
0: Mm. Yeah. Empathy. And and really that could totally turn things around in terms of how we, Mm -hmm. how we think about things. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. what did this turning point do for you? Because, you know, um, I can only imagine that, uh, or I'm speculating that you felt really stressed out before this turning point. And what did this turning point provide for you? What was the difference in your life?
1: Um, yeah, that's a good question. So I think, you know, in talking about, um, our minds, and this is something that I really always come back to and getting caught up in, um, default and I think we get caught up in our stories we get caught up in like whatever story we've identified with um, whatever's happened to us and specifically with the family members it can be difficult because everyone has like their character roles and it's, it's like oh I have this sister who's always like nagging me or she's always disappointed in me um, and so you know one time right after that retreat had happened um, I was able to like I was running late for um, meeting up with my sister and I could tell she was disappointed, and my trigger reaction is frustration that she's disappointed. Here, I've just driven three hours, you know, and I just kind of got caught up in my story of like what are our, our dances that we do, and and then I just stopped and I was like, I don't want to feel that way. I don't want to be mad. I want to enjoy the visit with my sister. She's just upset because she wanted to see me sooner, you know. She and I was just really trying to see it from her perspective. She just wants to see me. She is you know, she doesn't want somebody to be late. If they say they're going to be there at a certain time, they want it. you know, she wants them to be just like I would. And so I really totally like reframed it, looked at it from her perspective and it shifted the entire visit where I could have gone if I had continued that familiar dance that we do. And if I would have done that, I would have kind of arrived at her house and I probably would have been a little, have an attitude and, you know, we it could have, but it didn't, it didn't do that. So I was able to just put that aside and what that allows for it's just like there's so much love that comes when you are able to have empathy you know you open up so much space for love and connection because you're not you know living in this space of negative energy and resentment and sticking to those stories and not really questioning them you know when once you start to question them you can think okay maybe I'm not thinking about this the right way or I'm not really being fair to everybody
0: Mm, beautiful absolutely And this awareness that you um, received through this turning point is part of, you know, a concept of self-care to some mm-hmm. you know, extent. And yeah. um, as I describe also in the, in the blog post and share, uh, my turning point was part of also increasing my own self-care and, um, you know, paying more awareness to actually how I was spending my time so in terms of the next question what does self-care mean to you Mm -hmm.
1: well i think i think on um like the surface level self-care means to me um like i'm gonna go get a manicure or i'm gonna go get a massage or i'm gonna go for a walk and even if i feel guilty like oh i should really be spending every possible minute of the day with my kids I'm going to go for a walk anyway, because that's going to make me feel more grounded and be more present when I am with them. Um, so I think self-care is, is that is actually like the things that we do that we can actually easily like the tangible things that we can do. But I also think self-care is um, really putting boundaries up and not taking other people's stuff and owning it um, And I think that's like a really deeper level of self-care. Like if somebody is really upset, I um, and I'm an empath, so I really absorb other people's feelings and energy. And so what I've learned to do is if somebody, if I can tell somebody's upset and they're starting to kind of like unload on me about whatever they're upset about, I visually put up like a shield around myself. So I'm not taking it in, I'm listening to them, but I'm listening to them in a different way. It's kind of like detached. So I can hear them and I can give them, you know, support and advice if they want and validation, but I'm not taking it in. So I'm caring for myself in that way where I'm not owning. It's not my problem. Like it's their stuff, you know, it's not, and I don't want to say that, like I don't want to sound like I'm feeling in that, but it's like I'm not, I, I spend too much of my life trying to take on everybody else's problems, and you can't, you know, it's just, it's not your life, they have to figure out what's best for them, and I think once I realized that, like, I can think in my head, oh, you should do this, or you should do that, I now I know, I'm like, I don't say any of that, because I can't say what anybody else should do, I have to let them figure out what's best for them, so I think, for me, self-care is those two things, like, it's, it's the easy stuff, it's like, okay, go get a massage, because that feels good, and it makes me feel like I'm giving myself the things that I deserve. But then there's also the emotional aspect of it where um, I really am caring for myself by not taking on other people's emotions um, because I, you know, I need to be strong within myself. Does mm-hmm. that make sense?
0: Absolutely, so great. And, and just to link the two you know, topics together here, as far as you know, your um, expanded experience with empathy, which is yeah. very different from, um, you know, empath- em- <laughs> being an empath, right? And yeah, yeah. You have now, and, and what I'm hearing is that you now have the ability to not only conserve your energy, uh, recognizing mm-hmm. you're an empath, but protecting your energy that way, but also in that same moment feel empathy for mm-hmm, somebody mm-hmm. and see it from there. Mm-hmm. Perspective so of what a powerful combination and, and a different mm-hmm. way of of uh, basically handling a situation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So often. yeah, so I, think. I think it's really difficult for many women to prioritize self care, and if we think about it now in in this broader perspective,
1: um, I think it's because. I mean as a culture we are told that we need to be caring for everybody else Um, we need to be caring for our families first and we're given this message everywhere that self-care is selfish and that we need to be you know a mom first or a wife first and that doing things for ourselves is selfish Um, so I think that when we are raised with that you know, cultural stigma of doing things for yourself, it's hard. It's hard to go against that. And so I think there is the expectation that we have to do everything for everybody else first and that there is no time, you know, only if there's any time left over, which there's not for yourself, is it okay to do that?
0: Mm, yeah, I'm sure there's many listeners uh, that can relate to to this conditioning we're often brought up with to to serve others. And, and-, and I
1: think that even if they are okay with some self care, I think it would be more along the lines of you know, uh, well, I'm going to go get like a manicure, a pedicure, like once in a while, and they think that that's like enough. That's not really like caring for themselves in a really deep way. It's not saying what is, um, you know, here's an example. I just, my daughters had an art show at their school um, this weekend and I ran into a mom and she said, I love it in this room. I just, it's so quiet in my head. I just love looking at all the art and I just looked at her and she seemed so peaceful and she just volunteered that she used to sketch all the time and that she really doesn't sketch anymore. And I said, do you have a sketchbook? And she said, no, she said her daughter has three sketchbooks, but she said, she just doesn't have any time to sketch. And then she said that she really, if she does have time, she means, or she'll pick up a book. But then she really admitted that she really just watches TV. <laughs> like it started out, it was at one thing, and then she kind of really said, "If I if I have time, I just have a habit of turning on the TV. Um, and so I quickly ordered her a very cheap sketchbook on Amazon and I dropped it off to her last night and I put a note in it and I said, start a new habit today, take five minutes and just sketch and see what happens. Um, because we don't allow ourselves, you know, things, something so easy as just a little sketchbook could be her self care, but we don't allow it because we don't spend the time thinking about ourselves because we don't we feel like everybody else needs to come first but just imagine if she's able to do that and she's able to sketch how much happiness and joy that's going to bring to her like her light bulb just like lit up so much more and then who is she for her family she's like this brighter version of herself just because she took some time to sketch out something you know
0: so so I think that
1: it's just really hard
0: for people to do that yeah yeah and and you helped her to go full circle. I am 100% sure that she will thank you one day for that sketch. I hope
1: so. I you know, I started I listened to like before I gave it to her, I really wanted to be able to give her some great secret on how to create a new habit. And I listened to all these different podcasts and I read like I skimmed through all these habit books, and I really couldn't find one thing I think it's very um personal. Everybody is going to have a different like good method for starting a habit, but at least I gave her like this tool to start, but it's, you know, it's going to be up to her to create that habit instead of turning on the TV, open the sketchbook. Um, And I think, oh, there was a quote that I just, I had written down that was like, beginning is harder than like doing. So like beginning a new habit is actually harder than the action of the new habit itself. Cause like the beginning is the mindset of it.
0: So true. So true. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. So having said all of this, uh, Regina, Mm -hmm. what is one thing that you live by?
1: One thing that I live by, I think, and it's just a kind of full circle back to just trusting um, that the universe, I've always believed everything happens for a reason. And I know some people don't believe that. Um, you know, especially people who've had something really tragic happen to themselves, but I really believe like in the spiritual, spiritual sense of that, that like, we can't know why things are happening. I believe that we've kind of come into this life and we agree, we kind of like sign up for what hard things we're going to go through and the lessons that we're going to have to learn. And I always just really believe that everything that is meant to be will happen just trust things are going to come into your life and you're going to like find the right answers at the right time. Um, I always come back to that belief. And even though sometimes when I'm stressed, it's I don't, I'm not, that's not at the forefront of my mind. But when I do come back to it, which is why I just loved your quote, there's a calmness about trusting your life. It really allows you to be calm and peaceful inside because it's not all up to you. You know, we have very little control actually, About what happens in our life, you know, a lot of like the the universe has been going on and on, and I can't really control so much, you know. Like very, I can control me. Uh, I can't control the way an annoying, you know, manager acts or whatever, you know. I there's so little that is within my control, so just trusting that whatever is going to happen will happen, and trusting that I'm going to be able to make the right decisions when I need to, and trust my gut and all that kind of stuff that's that's what i come back to
0: Mm. thank you for that regina so where can we connect and learn more about you Uh,
1: my website is reginadubois.com and you can find everything you need to know about me there
0: awesome so everyone go visit regina's website and check out her all her good stuff on there So thank you, Regina, for wanting to be part of this conversation. It was awesome. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Thank you for listening to New Light Living with me, Arika Sullivan. When you see your life in a new light, your world looks different. Worry, fear, and the everyday go, go, go are no match for you in this bright new light. Join me next time as I lay out the practices and tools for you to liberate your amazing self into living your ideal dream day. You can start now to take the guesswork out of getting to know yourself again and expand into your essence to feel present, alive, inspired, and connected. Keep listening. Keep learning. Imagine no more wishing for your dream life. You get to start living it today. For more information, please visit newlightliving.com.